welcome to the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Swing Shift Cinderella from 1945, which we're just going to go ahead and refer to as the Jessica Rabbit Cinderella. So this was animated, um, and it had a grand total running time of seven minutes. So again, this is going to be one of our how did this much nonsense get crammed into so few minutes? So this is an MGM cartoon by Tex Avery, who's known for like all the Warner Brothers cartoons. He created Bugs Bunny, all that stuff. And it starts with the literal like roaring lion and everything. Mm -hmm. But Talon, what else does it start with that's a little bit abnormal? It starts with Little Red Riding Hood being chased by a wolf. And Little Red Riding Hood is like a baby with ringlets and freckles, and she's screaming, and the wolf is going, wah ha 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 And they chase one another around the literal credits scene. They go, the credits go off to the left, they run around a forest on the right, the credits go back to the middle, then leave to the right, they go back around the left, go across the front of the credits, or like the opening title sequence, and then pause and go, hang on. Yeah, Little Red Riding Hood goes, hey, wait a minute, Joe, and puts her hand up and the wolf freezes in midair. And she goes, ain't we in the wrong picture? That title don't say nothing about Little Red Riding Hood. And then they both read the title and the wolf, who now is just like a talking person type wolf goes, well, I'll be. Now you run along, honey. I'll see you later. Now there's a name I'd like to meet. And like, Gussie's up. He puts on a nice kind of sports jacket. It's a button down. He's got, because when we see him for the first time, he's wearing ripped red overalls with one shoulder strap done. And they're he also looks, shorts. They're shorts. Well, they're, they're jaggedy. It, lo- <laughs> it doesn't look good. And he switches to a nice pair of trousers and a button down jacket. With and a bow tie. With a bow tie. And he calls a cab and he drives off to meet Cinderella who lives very helpfully at the Cinderella Arms label yep. for us. Yes, I appreciated that. All the labeling was very helpful because this was not an easy-to-follow narrative. It was not. It was not. So the wolf opens the door, begins to say, hi, do you know where Cinderella is? Or uh, Talon wrote down all the words. I didn't. But like a he, crazy person. He, he asks to meet Cinderella. And in the middle of asking, gets a good look at the person who has opened the door, who is spoilers cinderella and just dissolves into a stammering blithering idiot i wrote this part down too he goes ha 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 ho ooh ah ha and then he hits his head yep so (laughs) talon can you describe what cinderella looks like when we first meet her so she looks like uh the sexy halloween costume version of dorothy from the wizard of oz but in this tattered brown dress. So she's got these red pigtails with little blue bows on them. She's also wearing an incredible amount of blue eyeshadow Mm -hmm. and like really big black eyeliner. Mm -hmm. And she is very, very curvy. So the dress, I described it as, this is a Flintstones dress. Yes. So she's wearing a Flintstones dress. She's got extremely red hair. Honestly, she reminded me, I'd like to think that the Betty Boop, Cinderella and the prince with his miraculous teal eyeshadow had a baby 
and it was this woman that makes so much sense yeah because really curvy but humanly proportioned in a way that betty boop is not extremely red hair and killer eyeshadow which i can only assume is a genetic quality because i don't have it uh so she's actually referred to as red because she's the same character as the red hot riding hood cartoon which came out two years previous to that and shares some common points which Liv is going to be in charge of Mm -hmm. so I I did not know that there was a red hot riding hood so as soon as we finished watching this and screaming we watched it again Talon told me that there was a red hot riding hood I immediately watched that whereas I declined to go down that hole again because Talon is the wiser of the two of us red hot riding hood is more upsetting it is extremely upsetting and i don't want to talk about it it has all the same it has all the same comedy beats uh that that we'll talk about here in a slightly different order and with a slightly different punchline but it's the same routine i mean if you do something well just remake it but with different fairy tales forever do you think there's a sleeping beauty version oh if there's not we should make one given how questionable this did with consent i don't think a sleeping beauty one is advised oh rough that's gonna be rough right Mm. so the wolf is super into cinderella cinderella is very not into the wolf and the next bit is just him trying to get into the house to kind of hit on her so the wolf tries several ways to gain entrance to the house he runs at the front door she slams it he turns into a door and then all of his teeth fall out he then runs through- he tries to run full speed through the whole building, but he kind of goes all the way through the very top and falls out the window and gets twisted into like a pretzel. Mm-hmm. So Talon made a list of everything that was said. I made a list of everything that happened to the wolf. <laughs> we didn't plan this. <laughs> he runs through the door again. This time Cinderella hits him on the head with an iron skillet and he gets smushed into a flat wolf and then says, just call me Shorty. I don't I don't understand if that was supposed to be a comedy beat but is that like a joke because it's not it a had double a, entendre it's, it's just not. a single it had a very the whole thing had a very guys and dolls theme to it where everybody was just over the top Brooklyn New York mafia-esque accents it was just it was bizarre it felt like guys and dolls it did have a very like gangster doll kind of feel to it. It did. It did. Very strong. So then Cinderella picks up the old school rotary phone to call her fairy godmother. And this is the first time we hear her. <laughs> yes. And she's both like very sultry and also like very bored. And she goes, hello, fairy godmother. Yes. So what she's talking in is a classic mid-Atlantic accent. The created by americans to sound more like british without admitting that we wanted to sound like the brits world war ii announcer voice that is how she's speaking that's the voice she does it really well and (laughs) she calls her fairy godmother live where is the fairy godmother oh the fairy godmother is living my best life talent that's where the fairy godmother is so the fairy godmother is at a bar by herself with a fishbowl sized it has an olive so i assume it's a martini but i want to say it's a margarita because it comes in a fishbowl and i've had those and they're fun <laughs> and the fairy godmother is very tall and kind of wiggly i guess she has very short white curly hair she looks 
sort of like Sophia from Golden Girls. It's that kind of <gasps> hair. Yeah. Yes. So she gets a phone call and Cinderella tells her that there is a mean old wolf in the house. And I've got the actual line. Yeah. What was the actual line? So the actual line is, listen, Granny, if you're going to get me to the ball tonight, you better get over here. There's a wolf in the house. And the fairy godmother loses her mind. She chugs her entire full fishbowl margarita and just transforms whatever she's into into a scooter and just zooms. No, she comes out of the phone first, doesn't she? Her head literally pops out of the phone and is like, a wolf in a very Yahoo in a granny's going to get laid kind of way. And then turns something into a scooter and just zooms her way over. She's very into the wolf. So she pops immediately to where they're at, into the house, and she starts chasing him around the room. And when I say around the room, I don't mean like around the room on the floor. I mean around the room, like through the walls, like they're running on the walls. Listener, you can't see, but Talon is making big circular hand gestures. Which you just did to explain what I was doing. Which I just did to (laughs) explain. So yes, they're running uh, Matrix style around the walls of the room and motorcycle noises are playing over this the fairy godmother then catches him and makes him a mini and puts it like a tweety bird and puts him in a cage and says wait a minute honey (laughs) stick around big boy i'll be right back is the direct line yeah yeah the reason i wrote down every single line is because every single line was a killer it was it was and the reason i didn't is because i would like to excise this from my mind as fast as possible so she puts him inside this golden bird cage and then goes over to cinderella says okay dearie off you go to the ball and then poops her and live will you describe her going to the ball outfit absolutely i would love to she turns into jessica rabbit We she? both have this in our notes. It is it's it is the identical costume. She has her hair in sort of an upswept 1940s kind of way, but she's wearing the uh, strapless, backless, skin-tight, super curvy red dress and the white coat that goes over it. She turns into Jessica Rabbit. I can't stress enough how exactly she transforms into literally Jessica Rabbit. And like, it is the direct inspiration for Jessica Rabbit because we'll get to it, but she goes to a club and yep. she does a number mm-hmm. uh, and it's a very Jessica Rabbit kind of number. Also, if you've seen Cool World with Brad Pitt, very similar to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, also similar vibe. Anyway, so the fairy godmother brings over a pumpkin. Yes. And waves a wand at it and it turns into like a fancy old school car. It's a Rolls Royce, is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's a big fancy old timey car. It's fancy. And uh, Cinderella goes, Why, grandmother, you do wave a mean wand, don't you, old girl? That was an amazing line. That might have been my favorite line in the whole show. How does Cinderella and her car leave to go to the ball? Is this a trick question? It is. They go through a wall. Oh, okay, good. Because once again, the pumpkin is transformed into the vehicle while still inside the house. Absolutely. And they do not even pretend that there is an open wall. She just crashes straight through her drywall and zooms onto this nightclub. Okay, so a couple of things there. One, Cinderella's behind the wheel of the car. She's driving it herself. 
I think that's kind of cool. It's 1940 something, 45. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing in 1945. And then also fairy godmother tells her, don't forget, you have to be home by midnight. And she goes, very well, grandmother, 12 o'clock. Every single thing she says is my favorite thing in the entire universe. It's very noir. It's, I wanted her to drive onto the set of a detective in an old hat with a, a gun hidden in his desk. You wanted to watch Roger Rabbit. So here's the thing. I've actually never watched Roger Rabbit. Oh, it's literally a noir. That's literally what happened. No, I know. I know all about it. I've just oh, never okay. actually watched it with my eyes. So I don't. But yeah, I, I wanted her to drive onto the set of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's Well, I super recommend Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I don't know how I feel about this yet. (laughs) Yeah. So rather than following Cinderella at this point, we continue to watch the fairy godmother pursue the wolf. I do Uh, like that exactly the same amount that Cinderella doesn't want to be hit on by the wolf. The wolf does not want to be hit on by the fairy godmother. So I, I noticed that as well. And it's a really fun comedy beat of, oh, no, he doesn't like that because she's old. And she transforms herself, but she puts on the wrong costume. She puts on blue pajamas and it says Miss Undesirables 1898. And she goes, oh, how embarrassing, wrong costume. And tops herself again and is wearing a halter top slinky purple dress. Mm -hmm. And the wolf gets a tuxedo. The wolf gets a tuxedo. What bothers me about this comedy beat is that they got so close to the right conclusion of, gee, wouldn't it be great if we didn't force our attentions on people who didn't want them? But they don't. They don't make it there. They, that's not where they wind up. They're just, this winds up being a beat about, oh, it's so gross. An old lady might have a sex drive. Oh, how how unpleasant to have an old lady chase after you with lust in her eyes. How unpleasant that is to be pursued see, thusly. See, I didn't get that much of that vibe from it because they didn't really like try to make her overly hideous in any like visual way. Like they could have made her have like really saggy yeah. like boobs or something yeah, or be like really a- wrinkly, but she's, repulsive to the wolf just by virtue of like that's not who he wants yeah and she's she's plainer she's not drawn beautifully she has a pointy pointy nose and sort of she's just sort of meh um i mean listen we can't all be like we can't all be jessica Jessica rabbit Rabbit. (laughs) if we were all jessica rabbit it would be meaningless we'd wind up in um harrison bergeron and we don't want that so this comedy beat is the the whole rest of the thing is the wolf is trying to get to cinderella the fairy godmother is either pursuing him or has caught him in some way and is keeping him with her and so it's just going to be that joke again and again that's the joke it's just that joke a whole bunch to be fair it is a fairly short cartoon it is short but they do hit this joke seven or eight times would you say that they hit you over the head with a mallet with this joke i would i would say that i tried to leave and i felt like someone threw a fishing line with a toilet plunger after me and caught me and pulled me back and made me finish watching it. This is funnier if you're this one is of us. If you had, yeah, if you had to watch this with us, that would be funny. Those are all things that happen. So they both look like very fancy and 
the wolf is still trying to get away uh, while the fairy godmother is trying to like cuddle up with him at a table and he drills through the wall with his head, steals her wand, jumps into the bathtub, which he turns into a flashy red car and drives away to follow after Cinderella. Uh, the fairy godmother follows him in hot pursuit, having turned a trash can into a much worse looking car. Yes, it's, it's a less classy car. And they get to this big castle labeled Castle Manana. And we get that long car gag where the car keeps going and going. And it's just, it's a really long car. So Cinderella is at the, I don't know what the name of this, the coat check. Thank you. So Cinderella is at the coat check, checking her coat. And the wolf sees this and runs around the other side of the coat check so that he can surprise her with a kiss and surprises somebody with a kiss. But it's not Cinderella. It's the fairy godmother. She likes it. Uh, but he <laughs> yells and kind of backs away into the exit, at which point she puts a plunger in like a gun to get him back. It's a fishing line. A shot it, from a gun. Does she shoot it from a gun? Okay, so he yells and he's running away and the fairy godmother throws a plunger at him, Liv and I can't quite agree uh, at the delivery method of a lunger. She <laughs> says fishing line. I see there was a gun involved. Neither of us are willing to watch this again to tell you which one. Nope, this mystery will go unanswered. But be that as it may, he winds up with the plunger stuck to him and she reels him, the fairy godmother reels him back to her side. And now they're at a table and on stage there's a spotlight and the announcer goes, and now that fascinating little fairy tale fireball, that super duper little pinup princess, swing shift Cinderella. Okay. This is a beautiful moment for me. This is something that Talon does not know because I kept it out of my notes and out of our chat. The song that she sings is called Oh Wolfie. Mm-hmm. It is a parody of a song called Oh Johnny. which I have on my iPod and have danced to and have sung and could sing word for word because it's an awesome song and there's a square dance that goes to it. So I'm in the middle of this show that I am not enjoying and that is uncomfortable and unpleasant. I am suddenly sitting on my sofa just going, oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny, how you can love. Oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny, heavens above. So that, that was my experience and I'm so happy about it. Talon's face is making Talon's making a lot of faces right now guys I am delighted I wish I hadn't spent so much time writing down the lyrics considering one of us already knew them oh the lyrics are completely different but it's good it's the tune and the concept remain the same it's oh male person everybody likes you you're all the girls like you you have a lot of attractive qualities congratulations yeah that That basically covers it. Okay, so Cinderella appears on stage in a completely different outfit. Liv, yes. would you like to describe this outfit? Yes. So she's wearing a white bustier leotard thing. It has little hip frills. It's got a little skirt, but only in the back. Oh, well, it's on the hips and in the back. So it's just, it's so cute. I don't know where she got it. I don't know what the point of her changing into a red dress in order to change into a white dress is. By the way, in Red Hot Riding Hood, she appears wearing the identical, it's identical, but it's red. 
That's why I thought it might have been the same thing because I vaguely remembered that outfit. The the dance sequence is very different, but the image is the same except for the color is red instead of white. So while she's singing this very sort of sultry, oh wolfy song, and the wolf is having lustful, lustful uh, animated reactions, and the fairy godmother is dealing with that. Cinderella is dancing on the stage. Talon, would you like to describe her method of movement? So in my notes, I have written that she does a lot of hip gyrations with her fingers kind of in like finger guns pointing at her hips. Yep. Um, she also, I can only speculate about her anatomy, but she also doesn't <laughs> seem to be connected. Like the top of her torso to her hips only seem to be connected by her spine because the top and the bottom kind of wave independently of each other in like cartoon physics. It's very burlesque. It's got a very burlesque feel to it. And honestly, it was pretty fun. Oh, I loved it. I thought it yeah. was great. Especially because at one point, the wolf slips his manacle and races onto the floor and the fairy godmother catches him and they start to dance a swing dance, which made me really happy because so they actually have a whole dance together i don't know why i liked it so much but i really did i mean that's your thing you look for thing. dancing i, I look for who knows so some of the things that happen while cinderella is singing on stage is that the wolf howls he whistles his eyes go boing um she's also singing it to him and is like in his lap for yeah. part of it a lot in, of mixed sync signals. Yeah, in that burlesque style where you leave the stage and you pick someone in the audience to interact with. She does that, but she specifically picks him for reasons that every I don't time. Yeah, every single time, which I don't understand. I would have picked somebody who wasn't sexually harassing me, but whatever. Yeah. Same and the whole time, the fairy godmother is like hitting the wolf on the head with a mallet and is trying to like pull him towards her. At one point, she chains his leg to her leg so he doesn't keep trying to run to the stage he floats up to the ceiling at one point he does he does that's not explained nothing's it's, really explained it, it's, it's the fine. power of lust i was gonna say love but it's definitely lust. it's definitely lust it's it's the power of lust so the fairy godmother then pulls out a clock and points to it frantically as it is five minutes to midnight and cinderella goes uh-oh and at this point the wolf escapes and the fairy godmother hits him with a mallet he hits her with a mallet then Cinderella hits the wolf with a mallet and everyone runs back to their cars. So I'm looking through my notes trying to find this because I do not remember this moment and I, I can't believe that I would have missed it. And I found it encapsulated in a single line. Everyone hits everyone else with mallets. I wrote it down as mallet times three. Mallet times three. Good, good. Just so, instantaneous mallets. Yeah, it, it was pretty great. Uh, so Cinderella drives back to her place and uh the car transforms back into a pumpkin and she, she still drives it she still drives it as a pumpkin which was impressive i i think that was really you know commitment i liked it and she gets back to her place and she's turned into rags and there's a bus waiting out front that says midnight shift and so she runs in slams the door immediately opens the door and comes out wearing a different outfit she's rosie the riveter she's got the wide-legged pants she's got her hair up She's Rosie the Riveter. She's absolutely Rosie the Riveter. She races onto the bus and sits down. I'm going to let Talon do the words because I'm not going to even pretend that I wrote them down. So she goes, oh, thank heavens. I finally got rid of the wolf. 
And then from behind her, she hears, oh yeah, that's what you think, sister. And the camera pans and the bus is full of wolves and they all start howling at her. And that's the end. And then we're done. And that's why the comedy beat through the whole thing upset me. Because it ends on this note of, haha, but now I'm chasing you again. So now it's fine or funny. I don't know. The the 40s were a weird time with like consent. It felt like a really weird cultural commentary of like all men are wolves. It it did, but it also did not appear to be condemning that. It seemed to think that all men are wolves and that you as a woman are not safe anywhere and also that it that's funny. Yeah, that that's funny, that's fine. It, it very much for me had a boys will be boys attitude to it, which I don't like. So I, I was really hoping they were going to, I wasn't hoping, I'm sorry, that was a lie. In my head, <laughs> I would like if they had had a moment of, oh my, it certainly is unpleasant to be aggressively sexually pursued by somebody that you do not want that energy from, and then apply that to their own behavior. Oh, you wanted or, a cartoon to learn something. I did. I wanted it to learn, but it did not. It, it didn't learn. It got really close. It got all the way to the point and then made a hairpin turn and ran back yeah yeah so that's that's how that movie ends so usually we kind of go through this as we summarize what happened but Lib, what's cinderella's deal like what's she like what are her goals well she's <laughs> clearly working two jobs one is a nightclub singer and one is rosie the riveter she's yes. clearly working two jobs because she's living in poverty as displayed by the Flintstones dress that she's wearing. The the Cinderella arms though, the house she lives in, that looked really nice. I think that was like a hotel that she was working at. Because it, it, was, it was a many-roomed house, but I didn't get that it was hers. I thought that it was like an apartment complex or somewhere somewhere cheap that she could not escape from. So I think what's holding her here is the capitalist Capitalism. menace. Yeah capitalism is the true horror the whole whole time and the patriarchy and the patriarchy so it's the capitalist patriarchy is i think the evil stepmother in this one i think okay yeah so unlike most cinderella adaptations she has no stepmother or stepsisters or prince there's no prince well i think the wolf is meant to take the role of the prince is he yes is he no i don't know no if you I, had to put him in a Cinderella, he thinks he's the prince. I think he's the evil stepmother. I'm just going to sit with that one. I don't know what to say to that one. He, he can't be the prince and there aren't that many other options. A lot of Cinderella's have alternate villains, so he can just be an alternate villain. Okay, I will take alternate villain. That's fine, because that's a, that's a thing that a lot of Cinderella's have, just a random well, extra bad Well, the adaptations guy. that are trying too hard. Well, no, Ever After has an alternate villain, and it's excellent. Oh, you know what? That's true. That's true. I'm right. Okay. You know what Ever After has that I wish this movie had? How long of a list would you like? How much time do we have? A scene in which Cinderella threatens the villain and, like, punches him in the face. Well, she does hit him with a mallet a whole bunch. I mean, she hits him with a hammer. She slams a door in his face. But it would be so much more satisfying if she just cold cocked him it would be better if she punched him if she just punched him that would be a great moment like if, if as she was leaving her house the as rosie the riveter the wolf had shown up and 
tried to make a pass at her one more time and she had just clocked him on her way to the bus that yeah. would have been fun that would have been fun that's the energy that i wanted yeah or there are so many things so we, <laughs> we appear to be talking about what we would change about this movie so one of the things that i would change i would make she gets on the bus we pan up and we see that it's full of wolves spoiler the wolves are all female wolves who are also going to work somewhere and they're just like oh my god men right Blech. why did that, you say spoiler as if this was a real thing you could spoil people for and not just because your imagination? it would be i don't know it just felt natural to put there but instead of her getting on the bus and oh no it's full of wolves who are also cat collie mm, terrible people it's wolves but they're not men so they're behaving properly i would have liked very similar idea i would have liked it to have been full of just yeah girls going to work i don't need them to be wolf girls i think that might have been confusing um just full of different ladies different ages different shapes just different ladies and when she says her line about getting away from that wolf they go you said it sister and then they howl with laughter instead of howling at her I was trying to make the least the smallest change I could to affect that but yours is much better that's that's what I would change so very it's very in your face girl powery but I would have dug it so much oh absolutely that would have been fabulous that would have that would have saved this movie if that had been the final scene this movie would be getting several higher letter grades than it's going to be getting what would you say that your highs and lows are every time cinderella talked was a high yeah but her line white grandmother you do wave a mean wand don't you old girl yes that one that was the high of the movie for me it was phenomenal agreed agreed that was an excellent line so the low for me would be the ending yeah i didn't like that it was full of wolves and that that was the punchline. i hated that yeah i was fine with her being pursued by the wolf and her being like oh gross because he was kind of the butt of that joke yeah and like with the grandmother pursuing him he was still kind of the butt of that joke because she was much more successful than he was so I was actually like fine with that I I get that it's all like kind of gross and like non-consensual but like it's a cartoon from the 40s I don't care we it's not real life it was the 40s and it was the 40s so like all of that I didn't really it didn't bother me it it didn't feel realistic enough to bother me but the end with the bus and they're all wolves yeah dislike how about you what are your highs and lows my highs was absolutely the song I was so happy I'm still happy about it my favorite line in the song by the way you're not rugged it's true but when i look at you i just ooh wolfie ooh wolfie okay so the line from ojani is so it's supposed to be a song about a guy who's has a lot of qualities and he is overlooked because he's not handsome because mm-hmm. the line in the song is you're not handsome it's true but when i look at you i just oh johnny oh johnny oh so it's Aww. so it's a fun song it's about a guy who's good in bed 
so like you're plainer but mm. oh my god is that what that line was about because Mm -hmm. there's a line Mm -hmm. whose line is oh so smooth when he spreads it on and she makes this hand gesture of just like something long so that's probably not is that not what i'm thinking probably not because the 1940s did have so much weird slang and a lot of it was sort of sexual and a lot of it sounded sexual but wasn't because the 40s were weird but okay so does that line mean he's a smooth talker yes that is a smooth talking line okay yeah i love the song my lows also the ending i don't i don't like picking the same low as you but it's um, a real low low yeah it was really bad i i wish i could pick multiple highs because my other high would be fairy godmother sitting alone in a bar just chugging a fishbowl margarita <laughs> big mood big mood life goals i've done that i've got been like uh yes i just finished a, an opening shift after a closing shift i've gotten no sleep i would like the biggest margarita you have and some queso I think the reason that we're so frustrated with the ending is that a big part of Cinderella is that there's like some sort of comeuppance against the villains. You know, you get to see either Cinderella gets something good that no one expected her to get, or you see her get something good and also the villains suffer in some way. Exactly. And this is the opposite of that. So how do you feel about calling this a Cinderella? I don't know this hit a lot of the cinderella points there's no shoe but there's no shoe there's no prince there's no prince there's no step family it's like the first half of a cinderella yeah so i liked how they modernized it i thought that that was really interesting and i know that there are going to be a couple of other modern cinderellas modernized cinderellas and i think there's a way to do it really well this wasn't that so (laughs) i don't think they were trying to i think this this is on the edge i am undecided about whether or not this is a cinderella i think correct me if i'm wrong colin i think the main theme of this podcast is going to be defining the platonic ideal of what constitutes a cinderella i don't know how we can watch so many adaptations and not come to an understanding of what the Cinderella story is at its crux. Yeah, because this definitely hits some of the beats. But I, I don't think you can be a Cinderella and not have a prince love interest that you wind up with. I don't think you can be a Cinderella and not have something left behind at a ball for them to find you with. I, Do you know, I will accept a Cinderella that doesn't have a prince as long as she has some sort of goal or interest that she's pursuing that she manages to accomplish okay with but the ball has to be a plot point that has to be a turning moment and this was not a turning moment this was her evening gig versus her this was her second shift job as opposed to her graveyard shift job this this was just a a happy comedy about the evils of capitalism and the patriarchy and how it crushes people and ruins their like it was somebody made a happy version of Upton Sinclair's The Jungle or something I don't know it felt weird it did feel weird because it seemed very cognizant of what it was but not what that meant just yeah yeah so it it very much knew what it was but it did not follow through on any of those implications which made it uncomfortable 
absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It, it drew our attention to the darker side of things and then just didn't resolve that in any way. Or even frontally address it. Just literally, I'm going to take you to this ending and then I'm going to do a hairpin turn and race back to the beginning and just leave you there by yourself alone in the coming dark. And the wolves are howling. And the wolves are howling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, Talon, do you think our listeners should watch this? Yeah, this is a hoot. It's such a fun thing to watch. I just, I know that there's like, it sounds dark and upsetting, but if you look at it from the standpoint of just animation, it's a whirlwind and it's fun. It's wacky. There's a lot of noises. There's a cute song in the middle. Yeah, it's, uh, and then like a dark edge. Yeah, it's got a lot of Tom and Jerry beats of just that slapstick animated humor where people get flattened into rugs and turned into doors and stuff. So the animation was really funny. I would not tell our listeners to watch this because there are other, if you want to get that sense of fun, wacky animation, watch Tom and Jerry. You don't need to watch this. This was, this was weird. It was Was it dark. better than Red Hot Riding Hood? Oh, no. I mean, sorry. Yes. I thought you were going to say, was it worse? I was anticipating you. This was definitely better. Red Hot Riding Hood has the fairy godmother is not there at the show holding him back. So the wolf is a classy man about town and he goes to this definitely a strip club and Red performs another song in which she's wearing an identical outfit, but her body movements are more wiggly than thrusty. And Mm, mm -hmm. he proceeds to spend the entire time which we are subjected to uh pounding on the table whistling calling he at one point puts a device on the table so that multiple things can whistle and just aggressively slam the table and as a performer i hated it (laughs) well that's seen as the inspiration for the mask that bit in the club where he's doing the big eyes and he turns into a wolf that's why yeah, no, and it's it's a it's a funny beat, but it, it goes on forever. It does have some fun moments where he asks her out in a couple of very different accents, all of which are equally upsetting, going from creepy French Riviera guy to creepy mod boss guy to creepy frat boy guy, which I didn't realize was a voice in 1943. And she there's a funny moment where she kind of goes, well, and then turns full on and just screams no at him at the top <laughs> of her lungs. And that was funny. And then uh, stuff happens and he winds up at her grandmother's house, which is like a penthouse apartment. And they have the same beats of windows and chasing and doors and the, the grandmother's interested in him and he is not interested. And it, that ends with him falling out of the window of this penthouse apartment. And we see him in the strip club the next night and he's all bandaged up. And he says, I'm sick of dames. I'll kill myself before I look at another dame in a strip club <laughs> and so the screen so the the stage curtains open and there's red again and he looks at her takes out two guns and shoots himself with both of them oh my god i did not see that coming falls down dead his ghost rises from his body and continues to cat call her and pound on the table and so i was more upset about it wow i, I was more upset about it okay although the screaming no moment was a definite high point for me because that was awesome I, I do like that it sounds like the wolf got some sort of comeuppance. He did, but it appeared to be weirdly pro-suicide. 
Mm. And he clearly learned nothing from it. No, if you were determined to put off women, surely the last place you would go would be a strip club, which is full of women. That's sort of its stated purpose. I mean, am I missing something? No, you're completely right. I There's nothing I can respond to that with because he's a wolf. He's a wolf who's just very thirsty. Yeah. So final grade. I'm going to go with a B plus. Really? Okay. I really liked it. Like I genuinely really liked it. How about you? I am teetering between a C and a C minus. I because, took up more points because it wasn't really a Cinderella in yeah, my it's, eyes. It's definitely losing a lot of points because it's not a Cinderella. And it's losing a lot of points because of the ending. If the ending had been, and she gets on a bus full of other Rosie the Riveters who are also going to work and they're all like, yeah, so glad we got rid of those wolves. Amen, sister. That would have been awesome. And it would have swung it back up to like a B or a B minus. But yeah, I think I went with a C minus. I hated that they didn't learn this lesson, which I find particularly ugly. And it's not a Cinderella. So it doesn't grade well as a Cinderella. Like the animation was funny and some of the comedy beats in the middle were funny and the song was great and her voice was perfect. Her voice was phenomenal. She's a femme fatale. She is. And I loved it. In Um, a noir movie. But she's being chased by a wolf in like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. So this is a passing grade, but only just barely. That's fair. You get half the points for half the Cinderella. Yeah. Well, it's almost midnight. So thanks for joining us. If you like this episode, please leave us a rating or a review. We'd love to hear from you. So follow us at Cinderpod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella again, but with more adult beverages and the Ever After Party, please support us at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetech.com. Until next week, we hope you have a happily ever after.